0: Oh, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Crossing Broadcast. And if you think it couldn't have gotten worse, God damn it, were you wrong? It can get worse. It can always get worse. Do you know the city you live in? Of course it can get worse. Let's bring on Kevin Gakade. And let's bring on Ant San Francisco. What are you doing uh, this weekend now that your team's on a bye, Ant?
1: I guess I got to watch uh, six other games this weekend, huh?
0: Damn, what a what a what a what a what a what a fun weekend you'll have. You'll have uh no misery, no nothing. You guys are I think one minus one twenty five right now to, to win the entire NFC. You're giggling over there. You, can, I t-
1: can I tell you who the most dangerous team in the NFC is to the 49ers? The Rams. Yes. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. I'd agree with you.
0: Yep. 100 yeah. percent
1: So I'll be rooting yeah. for Det- I'll be rooting for Detroit this weekend.
0: Wow. You'll you be rooting for Detroit? Man, you really are leaning into the bit, <laughs> Kev. How you feeling, my man? You, you Kev, you published the article. Is that a new record? I think you published it within the second quarter of your takeaways for the uh, the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, I don't even think the first half was over yet. Is that true? Is, is this a new record? Yeah, it
2: was uh, it was just one takeaway. There were you know, they sucked, you know. I mean, it was just like a collection of like three paragraphs, but yeah, I, you know, because I was. You know, you were watching that Drek, and uh, then they eventually they pulled the starters, and you're like, nobody – like, I had five takeaways written down or something, and then I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, nobody's going to read this shit, you know? (laughs) So I just deleted what I – I deleted, like, 500 words that I had, and I just wrote, like, three paragraphs, I put a Jim Mora uh, quote at the bottom, YouTube clip at the bottom. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, – yeah, I published it, like, right around halftime, so the final score wasn't even (laughs) – yeah, we been up yet. So I'm just like, I'll fill this in when the game is over, and we'll put a final score in there. And you
0: know. you know, the funny thing is, Kev, you could have asked me what the score was, and off the top of my head, I don't think I could have told you. I don't think I could have told you the final was 27 to 10.
2: 27 to 10. Yeah, I also yeah. gambled, and and because the Cowboys were only up uh, like 14 to 10, I think at the time, I could jinx myself because I wrote the Cowboys pulled away from the commanders then they ended up winning what was it 35 to 10 or something like that
1: i I, I gotta tell you i'll give you another some more props Kincaid. i'm gonna group text with a bunch of guys i went to the prep with right back back in the olden days like you know us old heads right there's the prep prep Uh,
2: reference mm -hmm. Uh, And, and
1: uh i got a text message this morning and it was a conversation piece saying how much uh, you had them cracking up with your headline about the NFL disrespecting Martin Luther King Jr. by having the Eagles play. <laughs> Dr. King is rolling in his grave. I mean, how disrespectful is that, you know? Uh, so, yeah, so we got got, got a bunch of guys... Uh, fired up with that. And they were all laughing. Got a good well, the, d-
2: the day of service is that you have to volunteer to sit through that dog shit for three hours <laughs> and see if you can make it. Make it <laughs> yeah. You I saw it. one person respond on Twitter. Like this ain't it, man. I was like, Oh, is this going to be one of those? But it ended up doing all
0: right. So yeah. No. Do, do we even talk about the Giants game? Like, what do you guys think? Is it a, is it a flush game? Do you. Flush do, did it matter? game. Flush game. Okay, how how go, do you just ahead.
1: how do you just look past what just happened? Go ahead, kid. How do you look past it? It's all part of the same thing that kind of gets tied together. I mean, I mean, look, look. They they half-assed it, right? Mm-hmm. They weren't sure if they wanted to play or didn't want to play, and they you know they like left some people out, but they made other people try and and pl- and win, and then they get down twenty-four nothing, and that's when they wave the white flag. It's incompetence. It's, it's the whole concept of what they did, how they approached the game, shows coaching incompetence. Look, I I, I mean, I hate to be, and I told you so, but I mean, I I look at the way that this team has been coached this season, top to bottom, with the except I'll give one guy a, a pass. That's Jeff Stoutland. That's the only guy I'll give a pass. Michael to, right?
0: Clay too. We're number I one. Guess, in yeah, teams. Michael
1: Clay. Yeah, I guess you're right. So special teams too, right? <laughs> But I mean, but seriously, your, your head coach and your coordinators have been a total disaster. And, and it's, it's almost like they don't know what they're doing. There's no there's no cohesive message, you know, and, and I, I hate to sound like our buddy Russ with this, but this really reeks of both institutional arrogance and organizational malpractice because it really does when you see it, it actually out, does he says right?
2: that he says that phrase a lot and it means absolutely nothing but in this case it absolutely it does because yeah, it does come from above the coaching staff yeah
1: yeah i agree and I, I so i think you have to take what happened yesterday first half i mean second half obviously is nothing mm-hmm. got all the backups in at that point but what happened in the first half of that game you have to take that in in you know as part of what's been going on with this team for the past 6 weeks if not long they
2: didn't show up they yeah they didn't show up because you could take the rest of it and flush it like I did in that story and just mm-hmm. publish it at halftime and be like, people ain't reading this shit. Let's call it what it is. But even, you know, when Washington went up and uh, scored and they took a 10-7 to lead and the Eagles were down 10 nothing at that point, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, are the commanders going to win and the Eagles lose and that's how this all <laughs> happens? I mean, because it was a real – but the point of me saying that is like that it's, it's a real – you know – I I was not one of those people who was like, rest the starters, you know, because if the division's on the line in the final week of the final game of the week, you got to go for it. Yeah. You know, to me, there's no, but they they looked like they just weren't interested. They looked like they didn't want to be there. And um, unless they're saving the most, uh, unless they had half of the playbook stashed the entire year and we're about to get the surprise of the century, which I don't think is likely then it looks like they quit, you know? It, it really does. It looks like they've when the Sixers played that game seven in Boston, you know?
0: I, I think the the one moment from the game that stood out to me the most was when Bobby Okereke jumped over the line during the brotherly shove, he spears Jalen Hurts in the head. Yeah. And not one player went back and, like, even gave him a shove. Here it is right here. Very athletic move. Go back, Craig. Right there, speared right in the head. Nobody does anything. They play a leapfrog or something. What I, what I thought was actually, and it, it, it's
1: really kind of an interesting thing, because, you know, if he see how he launches himself off of Kelsey's back? Mm-hmm. If he does that off of his own players, it's a penalty. But the fact that he does it, well, it's a penalty because it was offside, right? Because he got back there. But if he actually timed it properly and goes off of Kelsey, it's not a penalty. Yeah.
2: I remember the reaction now to when uh Phillips did it for Buffalo, yeah, right, and just kind of barreled through the line and everybody was ready to fight him, you know. Yeah. Pagan's yeah. right, man. It's like nobody nobody gave a shit. They looked like they just were not even interested in being there. I had like WIP uncle uh rage coursing through my veins when I saw Hertz like laughing on the sidelines. Like laughing and smiling on the sidelines. That was the old, old thing. Remember, Aunt they used to get so mad at Donovan for doing that. For smiling on the sidelines. My, yeah, yeah, my dad and my uncles. I don't know if my dad's so much, but my uncles were like, Why the fuck is he smiling on this? <laughs> <So> <laughs> is Don Donovan smiling on the sidelines, you know. Hertz well, did it. I was like, Oh huh. I
0: don't know, they're playing a game. <laughs> one of one of my favorite things this year were we're going to Josh Sweat. The quotes for Josh Sweat after the games, I think always kind of told the real story in terms of the, like what was going on in the locker room i like josh Sweat because i don't think josh Sweat has a player speak i think he wears his emotions on his sleeve so then when you look at the dallas goddard quote after the game and he kind of implied that they took their feet off the gas after clinching the playoffs which is crazy i wish they would have let us know i would have found a different hobby for sunday uh instead of watching the game if i know they were gonna you know before christmas they're gonna be like hey you know we go out there we do we don't yeah and then we'll uh We'll get this one over with. Um, but Josh Sweat's quote, I think, was 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 my was my favorite one. Um, when he was asked about what happened with the uh, with the Eagles yesterday, he has no he filter. Was, he just he, he has no filter, know. but it's great because it. no <laughs> it's not it's not like Dallas Goddard saying, "I know everybody in this locker room is ready to go work for the playoffs." Ever since four or five weeks ago when we ch- clinched for the playoffs, I think everybody has just been waiting for the playoffs. The Philadelphia Phillies, what they did. I mean, they in 2022, they basically they, they limped to the finish and then they're like, all right, fine. We're in the playoffs. Let's do this now. I, I don't know. I, I just I don't, I think that the Phillies were at least a 500
1: team in September or just under 500. Or at least they were kind of hanging around. This Eagles team is not even close to that.
0: Well, I mean, I mean but like still and, and, and the were... difference and
1: the difference between the two is the Phillies had not made the playoffs previously. And we're just trying to figure out how to get in for the first time. This Eagles team was in the Super Bowl last year. It's a little bit but different.
0: They, you could you could argue twenty twenty three. They 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 would they would come out in some games and they would be like, nah, this is like number seventy two of one sixty two against like the Colorado Rockies, and they would drop two to three to the Colorado Rockies. Yeah, like, but, just, that, but but it's not like they got in and went on cruise control. The
1: comparison would be what the twenty eleven Phillies did. If you go back when they were 102, the 102 win team, they lost. I think it was, I forget exactly what it was, but I think they lost like ten in a row right before the end of the season. They went on complete cruise control, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, we'll figure it back. We'll turn it back on the playoff. They swept the Braves the last series of the season, let the Cardinals in, and then the Cardinals beat them in five games. And if the Phillies just would have, you know, taken things a little bit more seriously earlier, or you know, even just laid it up against the Braves, they would have had a much easier first round opponent. And then who knows what happens that year. That's the be- better comparison I think.
0: Going back to the Josh Sweat quote, the Josh Sweat quote on his feelings after the regular season finale, goddamn shit, I don't know. At this point, I don't know what to say. And then he was asked, "Can this be fixed in the playoffs?" I don't know. The only <laughs> thing we can do is go back to practice, try to get on the same page. And then he was asked again, "Did the change of defensive coordinator make things more difficult?" I don't know. I don't know. It's everything. <laughs> like that's like that that is so telling.
1: I mean, did you hear the did you hear the um uh jay glazer report of the of mm-hmm. what aj brown said and that, like we have to but we have to believe in the coaches oh now week 18 after week 18 oh now it's okay guys you know we you didn't believe in them for the last six weeks or however long it's been that there's been discord in the locker room with the between the coaches and the players but now's now's the time we're gonna believe in them now guys go get
2: them like, come on man.
1: don't like, you want to play
2: for don't you want to? play for yourself uh, uh why, why do you why does it always have to be about the coaches anyway unless you're just you know tanking to get them fired right i mean like don't you aren't if you're not a competitor do you not want to go out and play to win like i never understood that that side of it it's like we're giving up on the staff you're still in position to get the number 1 or the number 2 seat here and win the super bowl so are you saying that the coaching staff is that bad that you would rather tank you know, a winning record versus like giving it a shot anyway. I don't, don't, it it, it says a lot about, it says a lot about a lot of people. I mean, yeah, I mean,
1: it's, it, it, it's a bad reflection on the players. Not all of them, obviously, because they're not all that way. Um, But it's a bad reflection on the collective group of players, but it's a, it's also a bad reflection on the coaching staff that you lost your team. You lost the buy-in from your team and, and the belief system
2: in your team. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I, I, um, I can't speak. None of us can speak on any uh, with any authority to that because we played at what, you know, Kyle played a year of college basketball, you know, so like. I don't know. Did you want to win because you're a competitor and you got it inside of you, or how? Oh, much dude, you as a guy you? who
0: hated his coach in college. Like we we were we were first in the conference one time. Then we all started partying a little too hard. We didn't really care about the coach and everything, and we kind of were just like, "Fuck it." Limped in. We actually limped into the fifth seed in the uh, in the conference playoffs. So there like, you go. yeah, coaches, bosses, all that stuff. They suck sometimes. When you when your boss sucks, when your coach sucks, no, no, you don't always want to play for him. And Can when Josh you- Sweat and Hassan Reddick are dropping into coverage, and and Hassan Reddick's trying to get a contract, you know maybe extension. Uh, he just came off, you know, two back to back seasons of double digit sacks. Or Josh Sweat, you know, I think this is a contract year for him. I could be wrong, but like you're trying to get uh, money, you're trying to get paid. Like, yeah, like kind of it's a it's an fu mentality to to your coach, to your boss. Like I don't work hard for for a boss that I don't like.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm because what I'm trying, what I'm getting at here is like, I'm really asking in a roundabout way, are these guys quitters? You know, are these guys fucking quitters? Like, cause what, what, what are you made of? What's yeah. your DNA? You know, if, yeah. you, if, if you're quitting at this, you know, when you are, what were they two weeks ago? You know, 11 and whatever, right? If you're quitting at that, it's, that says a lot about the, co- about how you feel about the coaching staff because you're in a pretty good position. You're not quitting on a, on an eight and eight team going into the final week or whatever i mean you're quitting on a pretty pretty decent outlook here
1: so it's a great question kevin and, and and the thing of it is is that you know it's a collective quit right now when you look at it because you know individual players aren't quitting like you, you know yeah hertz isn't quitting and kelsey isn't quitting and brandon graham isn't quitting like we've seen these guys over over the years be you know guys who've embraced an underdog mentality right and come back and 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 prove everybody wrong lane johnson like i mean it you know a lot of a lot of players in that locker room are not they don't have that quit gene okay mm-hmm. but but there might be a group of, of guys who do
2: and and they're they're like darius slay yeah, did Darius Slade quit yeah. when he got the surgery. He's like, yeah, "Fuck I mean, it, I'm getting this surgery. I'm out of here." He was like the yeah. guy in Half Baked who was like, "Fuck you, fuck yes. you, you're cool." <laughs> yeah, exactly, you're cool. <laughs> <I'm
1: out. laughs> cool. Yeah, but that's what, what I'm saying. A out and it, that yeah. could be that could be pervasive. And so, like, yeah, so you say, is this group a bunch of quitters? Well. There are are there quitters in there. Yes, it's not all of them, but there's probably enough to to sabotage this this season. Yeah.
2: can I tell you a really stupid story? And this is the, okay. probably the dumbest thing I've ever shared here. But we played when I was a senior in high school on the soccer team. We played Haverford in districts. I was benched for the playoff game because the coach had a rule that if you missed practice the day before a game, you couldn't start. Right. So I was on a college visit, and we went to like. Uh, pit and Penn State and West Virginia, where so I missed the day of like I was visiting colleges, right? So I missed practice the day before this game. So like he benched me for the playoff game. Oh, totally. I'm a starter and a team captain, and I'm like, I, I went in the game. I wanted to, I fucking played because I wanted to to beat them. I wanted to win. I don't know if you can compare high school, you know, athletics to you know playing for the Eagles or whatever. But like I don't know. Do you hate the co- like? You'd have to hate the coaching staff a lot to for it to come down to that man I mean now this conspiracy theory of Slay and Matt Patricia like him him conveniently scheduling his uh you know, his scope for when Matt Patricia took over that looks like it has a lot more uh you know plausibility to it than we originally thought you know
0: are you saying Boyertown hide and win one for the kinker I got bench
2: man I literally ran out onto the field to start the game and you, I counted you I counted the dudes on the field. I'm like, where are you? I, like, I was talking to this other guy. I was like, Where are you playing? He's like, center mid. <laughs> I'm like, where am I playing? He's like, I think you got benched. He did I didn't even know. We ran out on the field with 12 guys. I had to run <laughs> off to the sideline and go sit on the bench until I got put in the game like three minutes later. But yeah, it's like, yeah, I got benched because I was I'd missed the practice the day before, but I had a valid excuse. Like I was visiting colleges, I wasn't like dicking around.
0: I I, I mean, I've never really been on a on a good Team athletically, so I can't really answer this, but like, yeah, like they they quit, they quit like you saw yesterday. They quit, like, the quiet it's, quitting. Some guys are quiet. quitting I'm a quiet so, quitter,
2: yeah. End up. Are the Eagles doing the equivalent of just going to the Comcast cafeteria and and sitting there and and waiting fucking for, off, yeah, waiting for it to be over? That's yeah. uh, that's crazy to me, but I just. I don't. I think the thing that bothers me still is like you look at that game yesterday. It's the same thing that we watched the last. couple. Like they have no idea what to do when somebody blitzes them. You know, if, and if I got to see Jalen Hurts like running to his right, like running for his life, sometimes on his own, leaving the pocket too early, I'm gonna like I'm gonna have a conniption or something. I don't know if I was talking to you, Kyle, and I think you had left already. But when we got together the other night at Maestro's place. We were watching the Colts and the Texans, and C.J. Stroud was slinging the ball all over the place. I don't know if I – maybe I turned to Phil. I think I turned to Phil because Stroud made two ridiculous throws in a row. I said something like, I don't want to be that guy because I like Jalen. But C.J. Stroud just made two throws that Jalen Hurts not only can't make but wouldn't even see.
0: Yeah. Guys in his face. Yeah, I mean, last night, if, I don't oh, know if you watched the uh, you the know. Bills versus the Dolphins game. I think it was a third and long, and uh, Dalton Kincaid on a hot route, some dude right in Josh Allen's face, right up the middle, completes it. They get a first down, well, and look. I just thought to myself, like, I don't let know. Me, if well, well,
1: <laughs> yeah, we well, yeah, okay, okay. and, I, and I, I'm glad you bring this up because this is important. C.J. Stroud was the second overall pick in the draft, right? Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts was a second round pick. Now, mm-hmm. that's not to say that you can't be a second-round pick and be a be- better player than the second player picking in the draft. You certainly can. But I think that the difference is, is that one, the guy gets picked second overall, comes into the league with a skill set that is probably ahead of where the guy is who, who gets drafted in the second round. So what you have to do in order to make the second-round player be on that level is you have to develop him, you have to coach him to the point where he can make that throw. And if he can't, then maybe that's why he's a second round quarterback. But you have to get him to that point. And last year, we saw so many great things out of Jalen Hurts. So he took that big step. You know, what we saw two seasons ago was like, okay, there's something here, but all right, whatever. And then last year, he kind of blew everybody out of the water like, oh my God, Jalen Hurts has got this great talent. Look at the hard work he's put in. Okay, fine. It still needed to take another step. There were still parts of his game that needed to improve. And I think that they just said, yeah, that's good enough. Thanks, Jalen. We'll we'll pay you the money. You just stay right where you're at. Everything will be great. You continue to need to develop that player because he didn't have those, those physical abilities as far as throwing a, throwing a football have that touch be able to make that pass yeah and it's be weird for me it.
2: to, it's weird for me to make that comparison too because i will I, yeah i do have to admit straight up like that is that is an odd comparison from the fact that like cj stroud is basically like a gunslinger right he's not a he's not a dual threat quarterback i mean stroud runs for what like 15 yards a game or something like that you know but so he, i'm really, but yeah, but I'm he's really a comparing a move but he can, he can he can move, but he's, he's not. You're not going to put him in a Shane Steichen RPO of offense. You know what I mean? Like he can play like pro pro well, set, like old school ball. You know? I'll I'll say
1: I'll say this. I think the RPO concept. Is something that is probably going to be fading out of the NFL because defenses have started to figure out how I'm to do it
2: and they figured it out. So, like, do, do we? I, I kind of had this prediction that Sirianni sticks around, they try to revamp the offense a little bit, and maybe Jalen Hurts isn't so good running that offense. And maybe that maybe it kind of peters out from there. Maybe that's how this particular era ends. Maybe. But I'm, I'm starting to get a little, I'm like really hesitant to say because I don't want to go into another Carson Wentz you know zip neck argument three year spiral with bob and all these other people and, and pagan you know but like i don't i'm i'm not really feeling jalen hurts right now i uh, you know as much as you want to say about like brian johnson and all these other guys like i I don't know maybe he's, maybe he's a system quarterback and he's just really good in the system. That's maybe the cop. Maybe the cop. Maybe the corrupt cop that you interviewed on Two Street was right about him. Maybe <laughs> no, Jalen, but, but, is no, it. Maybe no, but
1: no. But Pagan, I I think that, and I'm going to come. I'm going to land in the middle. I'm going to pull the kev here and 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 be the hedger, because uh, because I think I think there's more to Jalen than what we've seen this year. I, I, what else? I, what is there I, more of? I think he can make certain throws that he does not get, get – he's not afforded the opportunity to make. There are plays in a playbook that just are not run by the Eagles, that they don't run. They don't – with the talent they have, they have a running back in DeAndre Swift who, when he was in Detroit, was one of the best pass-catching running backs in the NFL, yeah. and they don't throw him the football. Mm-hmm. Why? Why do you not use the the running back as? A, why do the Eagles not motion guys and get guys in in in, in space no in, in, and, and right? Yeah. There's none of that, and that's not to say that Jalen can't do it, because I don't think that's the case. Because the offense was much more dynamic last year. But I with what you know
2: was most the most comical thing too is that when they put put him in those that first year with when Wentz was still here, they let him run like like zonery they didn't even let him throw the ball it was the most ridiculous thing i've ever seen we know that jalen hurts can throw and he can throw a good ball i'm I'm more like my thing is not i know he's got all the intangibles i know he can make a lot of really nice throws but to me it's it's more of like the i don't know pocket presence and like awareness like if i got to see him bail to his right one more time i'm gonna blow my brains out because i'm just like (laughs) the best throw that i've watched him make in the last three weeks was when he stepped up into the pocket on third and twenty. And threw an absolute dime. You yeah, you know, and I'm like, I just, I feel like there's more of that to to pull out. I'm not out on, I'm I'm unenthu- I'm I'm not very enthusiastic on Jalen right now. I think they they need a whole you know reset here. Well, I that.
1: think that I think that that's and, and yes, that does fall on Jalen. But I think that what is what happens is is that you get as a quarterback, you get used to the same thing happening over and over and over again, and so yeah. you default to, I'm rolling out. Because I think I'm the pressure is going to be. It's not the the step up in the pocket play is not there for me.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you get so used to that, it's just it's a thing in your head. It's, you get, it's just like it's yeah. like I know that I can get out here and I know I can do something with my feet and I know and a lot of the times he will be able to pick up some yards doing it. But it's almost like, man, I I know that. Like, like I know that like when I'm playing basketball, I can just like drive to my right and probably beat beat the guy go there. But if somebody guy puts a screen on the other way, if I try going to my left, how do do I know that I'm not decent enough going to my left? If I never fucking tried in the first place, I'm always always crutching off what I'm good at. I mean, I feel like that's what it is for him. It's like he knows that he can get out of the pocket. He knows he can do something on the move. But what if he did try to stay in the pocket? And what if he what if he worked on that? What if somebody helped develop him in that sense? I mean, I think he could be really damn good. Yeah, no, so that's the thing that bothers me. It's not that what he's doing is I think he's just taking that path because he's comfortable with it and he's familiar with it. But the next step of development is
0: like having him stay in there a little more, you know. Speaking of Jalen, uh, Tom Peosar re- did report X-ray on Jalen Hurts' finger shows there is no fracture in his dislocated finger. He'll also have an extra day to get some rest. That'll be good. AJ um, Brown, nothing on the MRI yet. Like he, the I, think
2: we, yet I think if there's something bad, we would have known, known
0: it, yeah, we would have definitely, they would have had an MRI already done and, and, and all that. But um, yeah. by the way, real quick,
2: that first quarter, Sydney Brown, AJ Brown, Tommy DeVito, Tyrod Taylor, uh, the turf. Uh, there, man. Was a, there was another one too. It was there not
0: the AJ Brown injury was not on the turf. He he got rolled up on on his on his leg.
2: No, I'm not talking about the no, turf no. specifically. I'm just saying like in a stretch of the first quarter. I mean, there was like I swear to God, there's like five plays in or four plays out of five or something where the beats went on Twitter and again had the shared the update from like uh from the intercom in the press box. Like this guy's question. Well, this guy, this this guy, this. I mean, they showed like two crowd shots in a row. Where like. First, Tyrod Taylor was getting his hand looked at, and then Tommy DeVito was getting looked at on the sideline. Yeah. Like it, it felt like there was like seven injuries within the first five minutes of that game. But anyway, I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. Tyrod Taylor didn't hurt his uh thumb because of the turf. Um no. you thought it was crazy. I said Nick Sirianni isn't coming back next year. Uh last week I said that. Is it crazy now, Kev? And then Ann, I'll I'll ask you the same. So the thought of
2: Nick Sirianni not coming, coming back, you're saying? No, because again, like I looked at, remember that stat that I was talking about last week, where I was trying to figure it out in my head. I went back and looked at at the at the way the coaches have been fired by the Eagles over the years, and you're going before the Jeffrey Lurie, you know, uh, era at this point. But the last coach that they fired who did not have a winning record was, during his entire tenure here was Ray Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rich Cotite had a winning record. Buddy Ryan had a winning record. Marion Marion Camp going back to 19. 80. Going back to the Dick Vermeil era, only two coaches have been fired by the Eagles who had, like, losing records here, you know? So, to me, the, looking at the way that Chip Kelly was let go and the way that Doug Peterson was let go, it's not implausible at all to think that they would move on from a guy even who's had success here over a little, little while. I mean, remember, Chip Kelly had a winning round. I mean, he had two 10-win seasons here, you know? So, it's not, it's not the thought of, like, moving on from somebody like Sirianni is not far, especially when we just saw it happen twice in the last 10
0: years. So, and I'll get to you in a second, but uh, Craig, if you can pull up that, that Berman tweet that I just sent you, um, Zach Berman said the Eagles finished the season with a plus five point differential. That is the fourth worst since he joined the beat in 2012. The only three worse were Andy Reid's final season minus minus one sixty four, Jesus chip Kelly's final season, minus 53 point differential. Doug Peterson's final season, minus 84. It's the fifth worst point differential since 2000. They were minus 78 in 2005. Basically he's saying, Coaches usually get fired by Jeffrey Lurie and the Eagles during their worst point differential uh, seasons. So, I don't know. I mean, we saw that we saw that clip of uh, of Lurie walking up the tunnel. I would have killed to be a fly on that wall. I, it I mean, was I, the
2: type I, of game, but it was the type of game, like, that, the, that performance yesterday was the type of performance that gets coaches fired. Like, listless, not caring. But, you know, normally that's being put in by, like, a – seven and eight team or an eight and eight team or something like that. So that's the the difference. You could argue that this
0: is is the, the best eight and eight team ever, or they should be an eight and eight team basically. Like you, you could, you could argue that. Like you could argue, like that commanders game, I go back to where they almost tied him in overtime. That Chiefs game, if they don't put up a shutout in the mm-hmm. second, uh, in the second half. That Bills game. Talk about two teams that have gone in equally or in, in, in separate directions. Yeah. Like that Bills game, they had no business winning that one. We, we could easily be talking about an eight and nine Eagles team. Yeah. And they, um, you know, and even then, I
2: mean, you can go back and pick out all these individual moments. I mean, the only reason they, they got the Bills to overtime in the first place is because Jake Elliott who's probably the player of the year, for being honest. New England, week one. Hit a 59. I mean, Jake Elliott pretty much won them. The Bills, well, uh, you know, he's very much responsible for the Bills win, the Patriots win, Washington overtime win. I mean, yeah, so it's not, so it's not. I mean, we can go back and have a whole argument about like idealism versus realism again sure. and all that kind of shit. But you're right. I mean, it could have gone either way.
1: Pagan, just yes, a qu- quick question for you. Yes, sir. The week of the Chiefs game. Mm-hmm. Did we or did we not have a conversation of, you know, is Nick Sirianni a better coach than Andy Reid? And I don't like to look at the
0: past. I only I I'm just I, I'm just uh, curious
1: if that was where that's the, the questions that were being asked on the show
0: back then. I can't remember. I don't look at the past. And now here we are. What seven weeks,
1: eight weeks later, and you want to get the guy fired?
0: Yes, because what I said last week was he doesn't call plays, <laughs> doesn't pick personnel, and he doesn't. Uh, and we've watched this media circus uh, just play out publicly, and it looks like he's lost the locker room, and maybe the shelf life for coaches in the NFL in Philadelphia is three years.
2: But here's here's the real question: Would do or would Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie have the? I don't know. Guts. I don't know. If guts oh. is the right word. Are they willing to? Are they willing to relinquish control by bringing in like a like a Jim Harbaugh or something like that, or like a Bill Belichick or whatever, like a guy who's not going to be a puppet to them? And that's the problem. That's, that's the problem. That's the absolute problem. And, or are and, we and, doing and, this constant cycle of Nick Sirianni, Doug Peterson? Belichick so did know. say
0: he would relinquish control of the of another team or the Patriots wherever he goes. He OK, we'll play.
2: just use like Harbaugh. I mean, do you think that like Jim Harbaugh is coming back to the NFL to be like, yes, I will be Howie Roseman's lapdog? Like, Remember
0: fun. when he told Trent Baalke that only men are allowed in the locker room after the game? Like he yeah. would say that to Howie Roseman, like it would be it yeah. would be probably the worst hire how he could make. So,
2: yeah I, yeah, I mean, I think unless there's unless they're willing to change their uh, what's Russ's phrase again, institutional arrogance, unless they are willing to change their institutional uh, principles on this, then I don't think we're going to get anything other than a, another Sirianni and hope to strike gold on the on the first set of coordinators that that's brought in. And then you you burn yourself out in three seasons. You know, I mean, it's like rinse and repeat at this point. You can make an argument that that's probably the best way to go for the Eagles because it got into the Super Bowl twice. So, I, you know, I, I would I would say I
1: think what you're going to do is you're going to see both coordinator changes next year. And I think that you're going to see guys with experience in those positions. You're not just going to get some young, you know, uh, upcoming co- coordinator type person to come in and, you know, take on that role. And then they become head coaches the following year, like you know, like your Steikens and your Gannons, you know, those types. You're not going to get that. I think you're going to get guys who have experience uh and have had success as offensive and defensive well
2: I mean they the wanted year. to uh, you know you could go back and do a whole revisionist history with the Fangio thing I mean I I still can't get over all these people who hated Jonathan Gannon who were saying like well we could have had Fangio once so he could run the same defense with less you know with personnel that's probably not as good as Miami's personnel now like Vic Fangio wouldn't have solved anything this year
1: no no, I'm, I'm not,
2: obviously Sean Desai wasn't no, the no. Issue. I mean
1: I'm not I'm not, I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to play revisionist history what I'm saying is yeah. is I think if if I'm trying to read the room here again I agree with you I think Jeffrey and Howie like control and so yeah. I feel like they feel like they have control with Nick and they could keep him in place but they could bring in uh, guys with track records as his coordinators why would is what you, I'm trying to Jeff say. Lurie
0: be Worried about control. He owns the damn team. He he can't be let go unless he starts instituting Gene. When Friday. you
1: are a when you are an owner who f- fancies yourself as somebody who has, you know, personnel knowledge or, or you know, he shows up at the at the pre-draft <laughs> workouts. He goes to the senior bowl, right? He goes to those things like that. He's a Jerry Jones type in that regard. It's, you know, I don't want to use the word metal. Because you don't want to say that he's a meddling owner in that regard, but there are owners who are owners who just sit back and let the football people take, you know, full. But you don't think he, he said he learned that over the whole Carson Wentz? Wow. You don't? You don't believe that? Come on, man! He's a lip service questions. guy, and and he's only a lip service guy when when things are really going well, right? I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you, it 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 it's bothersome to me, and always has been with this team. That these guys only speak beginning of the year, end of the year, and we don't hear anything from them in season. Mm-hmm. Like Howie Roseman should be out t- saying some stuff about this team right now.
2: They're not speaking. They're not speaking enough, based on how involved they are in all of this. Correct.
1: Correct. And they should they should be out there, but even for no other reason, they should be at least. Yeah, you know, your 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 team is plummeting and 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 falling as far as they're falling, you come out and say something, you put players on notice, you put coaches on notice. Like you say something publicly that, that changes the dynamic sometimes. And they're afraid to say anything. Although, they'll come, they'll step forward if it's all wine and roses, you know, but beyond that, no, who would it be crazy to go back
0: to the Desai. <laughs> Does not matter? I, I'm just saying we, 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 I think, as a fan base, I don't think you have to be in there internally, whether you're a beat or whether you're on the team to know that Desai was a panic move and they switched out Desai as a last ditch effort to write the ship, which right. But that's you what I'm saying. Doesn't you the offensive coordinator to be like, Hey, that was probably where you should have looked as well. Um, but you know, you're going into Tampa Bay. Desai was obviously better than Matt Patricia would it be would would they do would would they switch back to desire they too arrogant to admit their mistakes let me ask you a question let me answer a question you, don't, you like, never answer a question with a question
2: well if i think brilliant. that sounded like a rhetorical question to me was that That's a actually, you want me to actually answer the question no you, you can't not i'm mean, well I mean, you're just admitting that you totally failed they never do it it's kind of a moot question because they would never i mean admit but that don't shit. you
0: think that would actually show people in the fan base that like how he will actually admit his wrongs and his mistakes and actually would gain a little bit of positivity with if the they do
2: it, it would I mean it would be an off-season thing anyway you know what I'm saying like they lose the playoff game and then they say you know what Matt Patricia can take a hike and you know Sean Desai can come come back or it, that's the only way that it would look if they ever did it let me ask both of you a question a show of hands perhaps Uh how many people raise your hand if you think Nick Sirianni decided to demote Sean Desai
0: for everybody on the audio podcast, nobody is raising their hands. Oh, yeah, that was probably a bad one, right? Yeah, <laughs> Actually, it's, it's, a, it's not a
2: visual medium for 90% of our listeners. Uh, yeah, I mean, so, again, Nick, so Nick Sirianni is falling on the sword for the players. He's falling on the sword, we think, for the GM and the owner. So, uh, like, you know, my issue is not that, that Sirianni is lying because we know he's lying, but you got to come up with better lies. Yeah,
0: his lies are terrible.
2: Can't say you're playing for pass, like, a- <laughs> yeah. Yesterday. It's a very bad liar. <laughs> Just come up with better lies. We need to get him a lot some lying, um, you know, help or whatever. I don't know. I, my only, the only silver lining for me is that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers suck shit as well. I mean, they're they're not. A good their team defense big. is good. Their uh, defense is good. Yeah, seriously, their,
1: de- their defense is solid. Their their, their offense is terrible. Let bro. me ask
2: All you. The they- a que- let me ask you another time. question. not a show of hands this time? Yeah. What's uh, Tampa's best win this year? Uh, probably the Jacksonville win because Jacksonville was at least a decent
1: team at that point.
0: Yeah. Weren't they one in seven against winning teams this year? I think no, they had
1: three wins against winning
2: teams. They were all nine was, and eight. I think they all nine like and eight. Yeah. They're yeah. best. They have one win against the playoff team this year. And the other, other wins were against like the pan two against the Panthers, the Falcons, the Titans, the Vikings and the bears. So if you want to crown, thank you, Craig, if you want to crown the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you can crown their ass. Here's some bullet points for your uncle, your angry uncle. Tampa won the worst division in football. The Eagles beat them by two touchdowns on the road in week three. Birds put up 472 yards of offense. They held Baker Mayfield to less than 150 in the air. Tampa has three wins every teams to finish with winning records. They're all nine and eight. Packers, Jaguars, and Saints just told you who their other wins were against. In the last two weeks, they mustered three field goals against the Panthers and two fourth-quarter touchdowns at home in a New Orleans loss. Now, the counterpoint to this is that the Eagles also stink. And the, the Cardinals were supposed to stink, and the Giants were supposed to stink. So, uh, does it does not matter if Tampa Bay stinks? But if you're they, still clinging to something there. That'll give you some.
1: They're, they're the third. They blitz uh, more than uh, every team except two in the NFL, and they get after the quarterback. I think that they're top top five and seven. They do. But yeah, they're
2: blitz. The
0: top three blitzing teams in the NFL are the Vikings with Brian Flores, Baker Mayfield's awesome in the playoffs.
2: He's awesome.
0: He's, He's awesome. in the playoffs too. He's clutch. He almost beat. Remember, we almost beat the Chiefs. Oh, no, Baker had a great run that year with Cleveland.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he was
0: really good in the playoffs. Yeah. But he's, so he's a little I, am, I am getting bit of Baker Mayfield shoving Here's his the theoretical thing. Here's the thing. flag. Here's the
1: thing. If you go back and look at week three and, and, and where these teams were, I mean, you know, he was new to that 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 team, still trying to figure it out. You know, the Eagles were fresh and, you know, they had everybody going, going well. But, you know, even now, like, yeah, I know that the Buccaneers offense stinks but the Eagles' defense has gotten progressively worse as the season's gone on. Who's covering those receivers? They, Tampa's got good – I mean, Mike Evans is sensational. Uh, uh, Godwin's pretty darn good. Yeah, you
2: like a 150-yard game like two yeah. games ago. Yeah,
1: okay. and, and then they throw the ball to their back. Rashad White, who's had a really nice season for them. You know, And then their fourth option is their fourth you – know, is the tight end, which is Otten, who's not great, but he's not – terrible he's he's okay like who i i worry
2: about matchups man for for the eagles on that on that i think well anybody is a bad matchup for the eagles defense right now yeah that's the that's the thing yeah Yeah, i don't it's crazy to me
1: the problem is is tampa's offensive line is not very good
0: no no i I mean they're dropping guys into cover so what does it matter really they're getting two they're taking two uh two of our best defensive ends off the ball
2: off the line I don't know. I mean, it doesn't really matter cuz then they're going to they get the short rest and then they got to go somewhere, you know, they got to go fly somewhere well, again. So it's like
0: uh, you're going to either San Fran or Dallas in week 2. Yeah. You think so you are penciling in Dallas for the second round. You think the Packers don't have a shot? Well, the, the only way that
1: the if the Eagles beat Tampa, the only way that they don't play San Francisco or Dallas is if both Green Bay and the Rams
0: win. Mm-hmm. That's what I asked you.
1: I, I can't see it. I, I don't see the Packers beating Dallas and Dallas. See one of those things happening, but not Yeah. I, I think the I think the
2: Rams can beat Detroit. I don't think the Packers can beat Dallas and Dallas. <laughs>
0: Dan Campbell is-
2: How about Carson Wentz, man? you watch those highlights, Pagan? Yeah, it actually had yeah. a good game. Carson yeah, Wentz. All right. That first throw was a great throw.
0: Nice QB draw, run up the middle. Right, Very, right. Uh, I wonder if he got PTSD going to the uh going to the end zone on a on a on a design run. I mean I granted it wasn't, you know,
1: all the 49ers starters weren't in, but he had a pretty good game. I think he put some good right. good
0: tape up for himself. Send the send the reel to Bob and enough uh, that's enough, that's enough of the ZitNet talk. Let's talk about uh, let's yeah. talk about some other things that happened around Philadelphia over the weekend. Uh and you were here at this. Yeah. The mayor drops the puck. At the Flyers game, walking hand in hand with Comcast Flyers exec Dan Hilferty as the decision on the Sixers Stadium looms and the fight with Comcast between the Sixers and Comcast heats up. What would you think about this power play move? I loved it. That was such a power play
1: move, right? I mean, it it totally was. And it was funny because when I got down to the building, I went down there early. They they had a, a, a nice thing with, you know. Uh, It was a tribute to Ed Snyder that day, and they did like a a $300,000 donation to Snyder Hockey, and so I went to the the pregame festivities for that, and someone had mentioned, someone had said, "Um, I thought the mayor was supposed to be here, and I was like, the mayor? Why would the mayor be here for this, like for this presentation? And so I started like asking around, and then somebody finally said, "Oh yeah, Sherelle Parker's here. She's going to walk out with Hilferty and drop the first puck in this game." I'm like, "What? I love Are you kidding me? Like that is total power play move." I mean, I don't know. It's just I think it's a it's a visual power play. It's good. I'm sure that they had good conversation, um, but the, because we all know that. The, pre- the belief out there is is that Cheryl Parker being, you know she got elected thanks to the unions. The unions oh, want so to I build 76th place, right? And so therefore everybody just assumes that the mayor is going to be in support of putting the Sixers Arena in downtown. Mm-hmm. But when Hilferty goes out there with her hand in hand and, and they have a whole big meeting going on at the, at the center, it makes you wonder if there is something else going on where Comcast is flexing some muscle. Um, and it's see, you know, see which big business, big money business can flex it stronger with the with the mayor influentially.
0: Kinker, how do the Sixers respond? Do they get the labor unions guys and they all just line up one by one and ring the bell before a game? I mean, you got to You got to come correct if you're the Sixers and respond to these guys. <laughs>
2: uh yeah it's a good i'm maybe you've seen the uh the union labor truck driving around in circles at various things like driving around city hall driving around the hotel where the meeting was maybe they should just get like a fleet of union vehicles to just encircle the (laughs) well you think David edelman
0: had verizon come out to his house and uh redo his cable today uh from comcast probably (laughs) maybe they
2: get all the union trucks to block the entrances to the wells fargo center and so they can't there's the uh flyers fans can't get in or something then we would be really getting into some nasty shit, you know but really that's you know and kind of touched on it the arena fight really is between comcast and uh union labor is it yeah is it not i mean uh, the sixers yes i mean the the union labor is basically a proxy for the sixers at this point but union labor wields more power in this town than harris blitzer sports and entertainment correct
1: thousand (laughs) percent
2: so so again yes as ann was saying the unions, and uh, Ryan Boyer, who's the union labor chief, very powerful uh, person in Philadelphia, they backed uh, they backed the arena. They backed Sherelle Parker. And, uh, you know, so that's kind of that, – that's why I the odds – when I move the odds on the Crossing Broad sports book about whether the arena is going to be built or not, it's usually based on what I see happening with the trades. So, um, you know, when I went to uh, – <clears throat> excuse me, the meeting – the town hall meeting or whatever that they had back in November, uh, about 70% of the crowd was union labor, people all wearing like blue union shirts or whatever. Now the one like dipshit behind me was like 25 years old. I wasn't paying attention to anything, right? But his foreman probably told him like, hey, you're going to this meeting and you just got to sit there and clap, right? But that's power nonetheless. Like it's a display, you know? So to me, that's the most
0: fascinating what- what would you put the uh, the Sixers arena being built in the Crossing Broad sports book? Uh, did this did this power play over the weekend? Did this affect the odds? I had it at negative
2: two hundred and fifty that it was going to be built after the hand in hand Hilferty and Parker. I moved it down to minus two hundred. Okay. Now 200. I think Ant disagrees with me. Um,
1: I, I think that I think that Hilferty's, I think that we lose sight of what Hilferty's past has been as a political power player in the city. Mm. I, I, just from when he was at Independence Blue Cross and in his in his past. He, I mean, a guy almost ran for uh, governor of Pennsylvania and then decided against doing it. Like, he is a very big political power player in the city. He got a um, up. Yeah, and, and I, I really do think that there's – that needs to be taken into consideration more so than the trades. I,
2: I do think that he has a lot more influence than – he gets credit for sometimes. But here's really here's really the question about all of it, because <clears throat> it's not a black and white yes or no thing. It's like the Sixers want to do $1.5 billion and Comcast doesn't. So the question really is like, what is Comcast offering behind the scenes or what can they offer to replace that? Because mm-hmm. lobbying is not just a matter of uh, yes, we want to do this versus no, reject it. Like It's like the story that I did the other day with the African American Chamber of Commerce where I had one of the board members on the record saying they asked me to delay this vote. But, you know, his point was like, the Sixers are trying to help black business. Comcast is, is not. So of course we're going to side with the Sixers. So what does Comcast offer? What is Comcast scheming up behind the scenes to say, listen, in order, you know, in cooperation, we will do this, 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 and this. Do they build more in South Philly? Do they offer some other perk or something like that? Because if it was just a matter of, no, we don't want this arena and we're going to intimidate you. Everybody just time to fuck off. So they got to be offering something that, you right. know, what what are they packaging? What do they want to do? Because it's their alternative has to be better than, yeah. You know, you're not just going to lobby people on like, no. You know, if somebody said to me, do you want to go get chicken nuggets at Wendy's or not get chicken nuggets? at Wendy's? Yes, I want chicken nuggets at Wendy's. So you got to offer me some al- alternative there. So I wonder what Comkiss like the grand alternative is. I don't know. That might have been the dumbest I, analogy. I
1: could. I, no, no. And it's fine. And I think, that, I think that ultimately, I mean, let's, if we're looking real, real long term, real long term, and if Comcast had their druthers, what they would do is they would develop the Navy Yard, put a new arena there sometime in the 2030s. OK, and develop all around there, put a build new exit off of I-95 so that you have good uh, ease of traffic going in uh, restaurants and kind of shops and everything down there. And that way it stays kind of tied in to that South Philly area. Yeah. Uh, and then you can de- you can then if you do that and you tear down Wells Fargo, that could become more a more developed thing with hotels and, and, and the like. I think that is their long term plan. That's what they want to do, and they feel that it's best to accomplish that with the Sixers as a partner in tow. And I believe them when they say that they're willing to do it 50-50 with the Sixers so that that, that there can be a financial benefit for the 76ers as well. For whatever reasons, the Sixers want to be somewhere else, and that's fine. Um, but I think that that's if you say what's, what are they bringing to the table, I think that's co- kind of what they're – Right, that's That's their uh, angle that they're going to
2: go for. So like, you ask yourself the question of like, you know, because the Sixers were pissed off, for example, that like Comcast showed up at like a presentation for Washington Square West or whatever. It's like, what do you have to do with this arena proposal that we have? Well, we're proposing, you know, doing this in South Philly, right? So their position is like that they can insert themselves in these conversations because it's a larger level thing of like sports and entertainment in Philadelphia, you know? I don't know if that's legit or not. People can make that decision on their own. But that's what the Sixers are annoyed about because they think that Comcast is like inserting themselves where they don't belong.
1: Yeah, that's fair. And I I know a lot of people think, you know, oh, well, why would Comcast want to do, do all that when they just spent, you know, $450 million or however much it was that they spent on refurbishing the Wells Fargo Center? And the reality of it is, is they look at it and say, yeah, we spent all that money, but we spent all that money to get another decade out of this building.
2: Well, they had you know? to. Yeah, I mean, they had to. These were not. Right. I mean, like you, you remember with the locker room. We, we've all yes. been down in the bowels of the. Yeah, it was like a 26 year old building that had like 56 years of use. So that people seem to think it's like, oh, they just did all this for the Sixers. But they, they had to do it for them, too. Yeah. You know, because just because that place needed renovations. So correct. Uh, it's a, I think it's a nice arena now, but I don't like people, people you know, because the one question you probably see it as much as I do. The one question people ask more than anything is like, what's wrong with the Wells Fargo Center? I mean, there's nothing wrong with the Wells Fargo Center. Or they or they'll say some version of like why do you have to go somewhere else but well, they don't but it's it's just not their building yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all it's right. not any more complicated than that. i see people like you know trying to shove that square peg into the round hole just just stay there well i, I okay but that's the fan perspective but the ownership perspective is that they don't want to rent anymore so right i don't know mm-hmm. it's my favorite story uh, though by far it's got everything
0: odyssey parent company for wip w fan officially files for bankruptcy Kev, what's your read on this situation? Where did we hear oh, that first, sure at? They, uh yeah, yeah. John, well, John was
2: ten days off, man. Right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, if he if he doesn't want to, uh, you know, work in radio anymore, maybe start his own Philadelphia media or media <laughs> blog and, and 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 everything. You here's the thing. It's like everybody knew it was going to happen,
2: and then you know you see I see some people on Twitter being like, "Oh, uh, WIP stinks." Blah blah blah. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. WIP is one of their best stations that they have. There's no issue with WIP, and it's not going to mean much for them. But the way that the entire company financial struggles impacted them, John illustrated on the show, right? Like, you're not going to get those big salaries anymore. There's going to be internal hires or whatever. So WIP is strong, and they always will be. But, yeah, I mean, Odyssey was just – they had that terrible merger right before the pandemic, and they just went straight straight into the shitter, you know?
0: Well, you got to argue it's going to affect talent. Um, so WIP, WFAN might, might not be uh, strong moving forward. Um, If you wanted to go out, here's
2: how it would impact you. Like if you thought, you know, maybe two years ago, that going and pursuing like Mike Golick, and paying him five hundred thousand dollars to replace Angelo Cataldi, that may have been a viable option if they were if Odyssey wasn't struggling. But that's where WIP was affected by it the most. That's why they made, you know, Joe DeCamara the morning guy, and that's why they brought in Hugh Douglas from another Odyssey station, and that's why they did their shuffle mostly internally. You know, they couldn't do big splash anymore that's where it, that's where it basically affected them most
0: ratings you did the you did the ratings we'll just keep on the uh on the radio topics right now ratings across the board wp blows 97.5 out of yeah. the water uh i know you've got some sources on 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 each side any changes internally you should see down the line for 97.5 i mean you 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 could you could say like okay fine beasley's good they have you know Preston and steve they have other things but like At some point you just can't keep getting your ass kicked before there's a change.
2: Yeah. So that guy, Scott Masteller, who was kind of like consulting for them. He's their program director now, 97.5, the fanatic. He's going to work remotely from Williamsport, like hybrid, I guess maybe that's how it was described. So he's not like a full-time in-house program director, but one of the things I heard that they were trying to do was split it off into like four day parts instead of three. So instead of doing like your six to 10 and 10 to two and two to six, you go back to what they have, like Harry and, uh, bruno and uh you know sean and john back in the day where it was like you, know, you had your morning show and then you had like a 10 to noon and then you had a noon to two and then mike missinelli came on after that so that's one thing that i heard they're interested in trying but yeah it's hard to know how much of it is like wip being amazing now versus like the fanatic listeners just bailing you know it was pretty significant that they beat preston and steve in that demographic because i don't think they ever they never beat them in men 25 to 54 so that was a pretty significant i mean like the morning show I almost at a 20 amp that's like the most it's like the highest number I've That's like Which is
1: fascinating to me because it's 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 just not it's not a good show. <laughs> <laughs> well tell us how you I hate feel. To say I hate to say it. it's just okay. I mean it's like it's not anything special, you know. I mean per I mean here's a perfect example. And 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 I don't know, I mean, this is as if this is a knock on management, if this is a knock on the hosts of the show or whatever. Eagles get blown out at home by the or not blown out. You lose a game at home to the to the Arizona Cardinals in a must-win game on New Year's Eve. And New Year's Day, I got to wake up to Tom Kelly and Rob Ellis as my morning show on WIP. Could you get away with that back when the when the two states the two stations were having real radio wars? I don't think you could have I don't think he so you could've. think
0: Angelo's there on Monday, whether he's got an off day or not. Thousand percent. Thousand percent. He's there on Monday.
1: There's not even a question about it that he's there on Monday. And I think that I think that the cameras situation is just like, yeah, eh, that's my day off. I'm going to be off. Then you have a situation with, you know, and you, you and I were talking about this on talking about this on Twitter uh, with Marcus, right? When the, the whole column of Marcus Hayes and AJ Brown and everything else. And that kind of blows up in this city. Why isn't Marcus on the morning show the next day? He would have been before. Yeah. He would have been before. Yep. Rhea would have had him lined up, but I don't think the, I don't think that the camera looks at that as important. And you know why? Because he's got no competition. There's no competition right now. That the reason WIP is dominating. Is because everybody got behind the, you know, the Phillies run and then the Eagles getting off to that 10 and 1 start. And there was a lot of sports excitement in this town. Um, Sixers got off to a really good start as well. You know, there was a, but there was drama around the Sixers at the beginning of the year. So that's good stuff to talk about as well. And so fans are looking for somewhere to go. And if, if your options are that or what 97 5 is throwing out there, you're taking the lesser of two evils is what you're doing. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it's good. I, I don't think it is. I think that the, you know their ratings might be fine and it might be good, but I'll tell you what, I'm not certain that their that their listener total is what it what they would like it to be.
0: Hmm.
1: I think yeah, I think
2: rate the rating, you know, for people who don't know, ratings are done by like share and extrapolation. Yeah. You know, so you know, x amount of people participate in the program. Yeah, you know, so say seventy-five out of a hundred are listening to WIP, but what if the uh, the number that you extrapolate to? What if that used to extrapolate to a hundred thousand sample, and now it's only like seventy-five thousand samples? Correct,
1: correct. I think that the raw numbers are a lot are a lot lower, and that's because people have found other alternatives, like like what we're doing right now, for example. Right? I mean, there yeah. are people who find this, and they find this far more appealing than they do listening to talk radio because it's more interactive we pop up your comments you know we engage with the engage with you in that regard and and we're uh, you know a little bit more realistic and a lot less hot takey
2: so I think that people like that. You know, it shows, but, you value, it shows you the value of the Eagles' rights and the Phillies' rights. Yes.
0: I do want to ask yeah. you that. Were you surprised any that the Eagles re-upped with, with WIP? And also, would you be surprised if maybe the Flyers or Sixers – I don't know anything about the contracts on 97.5, the Phillies exactly – would you be surprised if the next contract with, uh, with any teams are on any radio stations in the future? Whoever wants to take that first.
2: I would expect that at least one of the teams bounces off of radio entirely. Probably sooner rather than later. The yeah. Flyers
1: are the next contract up. Are they? They're up at the end of this season, and I would be pretty surprised if they go back to 97.5. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. And I'm not yeah. convinced they would go to 90. I'm not convinced they'd go to WIP. Because, you because they of, wouldn't
2: want them to. I mean, they'd be the third. They'd be the third. Uh, easily the third. Yeah, easily the third. Well, WIP. you're going for, right. I mean, because you're not solving the problem. Of, like Like going to another provider, if they don't give a shit about you. Right. Part, not provider partner, going to another partner. If they don't give a shit about you, what does it matter if you went from there to there? You know, that's why they should give the official flyers radio rights to crossing broad to the crossing broad. Yeah. We'll do the right the goalie. Yeah. Not snow the goalie. Not we'll battle goalie. we'll battle Russ for the flyers' rights. There you go. Battle Joy Media. I would
0: actually I would I would kill to just battle Russ and well, we would just do the same thing 97.5 is doing. We just won't talk about the flyers, but we'll have the flyers' rights. <laughs> as russ is just sitting there stewing in the in the uh in the upper echelon and don't even
2: get me started on the union stuff because at least when sean and jansen were doing it and i was doing the post game show with them at least they gave a shit about it now it's just like jen scordo will throw it in there as a mention of the host of the uh home of the sixers flyers and the union you know but gives a fuck i don't even think they're i think they just get the, the commercial revenue or something anyway so
0: got a couple more for you before we uh before we bounce out of here Um, the commies, they fired Ron Rivera, hired former Warriors executive Bob Myers. Is it surprising to you that Josh Harris is hiring better executives from the NBA for his football team over his basketball team?
1: I think he cares more about the NFL because it's 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 more money, right? Yeah. I mean, it's what it is. It's it's he's he's looking at where the money
2: is right now. Wow. Why is Bob Myers isn't picking like the isn't drafting the players, right? I mean, yeah, he's just
0: it's it's not a full time role at the at the moment. It's a advisor role for the head coach. He also hired Rick Spielman, the former Vikings GM. He, um, laughed, at the guy who he laughed
2: at the Eagles for picking yeah. Jalen Rager,
0: which is funny to me because it's like if you hired me as a former GM to be advisor to your head coach in your GM search, I'd want to be the GM. So it was like Rick Spielman, is he just like the guy who's just like, ah, eh, you know what? I don't like this guy. I don't think he's that good. Oh, I don't like this guy. He's that good. Oh, by the way, we've uh, we've invited Rick Spielman to be the GM. Like, uh, this is... uh. Well, I got to tell you, though. I mean, like,
2: everybody dreams. And don't we all dream of, like, getting out of this at some point and just being consultants? Oh, yeah. Working, like, an hour a day and getting paid... F- Really well for it. Yeah, consulting I mean? consulting is the way to go, right? Yeah. I mean, that's once you once you get older. But you you it. you don't have to. I don't know. You just surround yourself with good people, and if you're taking everything that they say into account, like you know, maybe you come to a decent decision that way. I don't know, but yeah, there is some irony to the fact that like Bob Myers would look really good on the Sixers right now. I look really good on the Sixers. Right really now. good, you know that's funny yeah they he hired bob myers to run his football to, to help his football team. Right, let me let me
1: let me throw something else in it's kind of related to that um
2: harris blitzer as well actually I, mean, I i need to respond to ford real quick here. he says you already have it easy as well we do, <laughs> we work very hard man dude i slave over content i it's hard to find silly shit to write about and then you gotta wonder if you're gonna be canceled like yeah. this is a tough
0: job ford Content yeah. doesn't sleep, Ford. Go ahead, Ant. The content's
2: not writing its stuff here. Why don't you
0: fucking come over here? You, come <laughs> you know over? what? We're going to have to push back Ford's uh, time on the show about another month. Back. Why don't you come? Why don't you take the site for a day and I'll go
2: do whatever you guys. Do.
1: Oh, could you imagine what that would look like under Ford's leadership for a day? Jeez. Let the inmates
0: run the asylum, actually. That, I kind of like that. Like, uh, like random day in July.
1: Now, here's the thing I wanted to say about uh, Harris Blitzer is that you know they also uh, own the New Jersey Devils, which nobody really ever talks about the fact that they own the New Jersey Devils. Um, and here's a situation where um, you know they have the outdoor game coming up, Flyers and Devils. There's two of them up at MetLife Stadium. Um, and the, the Flyers and Devils play Saturday night, and then the Rangers and Islanders are playing Sunday afternoon. They're struggling to sell tickets to that game. And I think it's primarily for, for this reason. And this is where I think the NHL kind of botched this, but it it it's interesting. The Devils have no fan base to begin with. And since Harris Blitzers owned that team, they've really just kind of let it just wallow. Um, as far as marketing and everything else, like that team is not marketed well at all. People just kind of they're just kind of like the forgotten team in that media Good market. Too right and they're well they're decent right they were really good last year they took a small step back this year but they're they're going to be a lot better they have a lot of really good talent there but nobody goes to the games they don't get attendance and now you got them playing against the flyers who are a team you say well the fans will drive up and go to the outdoor game yeah some will but the fact of the matter is is that how many of these have the flyers been a part of now this is not a novel this is you know not a a novelty anymore for them it's just like "Eh, yeah whatever yeah we've done the outdoor game six times now you know and I think that that's part of the problem. And, you know, we keep hearing, oh, they got to push the outdoor game, push the tickets for the outdoor game. Well, it's not selling. Yeah. It, it, it's not selling.
0: So 24-7, i did not even a huge hockey fan, but 24-7 was amazing when they used to do it back in the day. That Peter oh, Laviol, yeah. that one, that one with Humangus Big, like that was all time, that 24-7. Yes, I'm, I'm in that, as a
1: matter of fact. Oh,
0: wow.
1: Yes, it's my question to Brizgalov about uh, not playing on uh, – uh, in the, in the winter classic that gets put on the uh put in
2: the hbo
0: oh, put that on your imdb
1: there Ant. yes yes my imdb
2: i don't like i growing up watching the flyers like i hated the devils i and it's like just crazy to me how nobody gave a shit about harris owning multiple teams until it was the commanders yeah to me that was just an indictment on like hockey's popularity here you know because i've Hated the Devils just as much as the Redskins back in 2000, whatever, you know. But all of a sudden, now it's like, it's like the people forget that he owned that team too because they threw a shit fit when he bought the Commanders. And it's like, he's this, they were a rival of the Flyers and had a bunch of dudes that we hated for a long time. Well, the the
1: Flyers, the Flyers were in the middle of their losing every fan that they ever had. That's that was the middle that They were in the middle of that process when uh, when Harrison Blitzer
0: bought
2: the Devils. So, yeah. No.
0: That's it for the two minute drill. Um, you guys had anything you want to touch on before we get out of here?
2: The Eagles suck. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers suck. Yeah,
0: um, yeah I think. we'll I mean, we're not going to have a breakdown of the of the Bucks on on Wednesday, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, we're gonna we'll talk about it more on Wednesday. I think we'll know more about Jalen. We'll know more, obviously, about AJ Brown. Uh, we'll know more about you know any rumors that might come out about Nick or the coordinators or everything. Um, I forgot to mention that Jeff McLean did say Sean Desai plans on moving forward uh, next year, uh, moving moving out. Um, so basically, oh, I guess that means he ain't coming back then. Yeah, yeah. I guess it he, 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 he ain't gonna be the DC again. Exactly no, Your a, a, a booth, they can put Matt Patricia in like a higher one.
2: Put him in the crane. Uh, no, 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 he should
1: he should call the game from the uh, from the pirate ship. Down in Tampa, yeah. that's a put put him there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's they're going to put him. You know how like everybody freaks out every year when uh, when the Phillies are in the playoffs, and you see those two guys that are standing on the top of the Bay Park, yeah, the, yeah. the fireworks guys. Yeah, that's the booth that Matt Patricia is going to be calling the game. They
2: should have yeah. put they'll put him in the Space Needle the next time they go to Seattle or something. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The Eagles kind of suck, and it's cold and shitty out, but we're going to have a great week on the site. We're going to do a lot of positive stories. I'm going to write about the William Penn statue being taken down. That, not so the one getting, in city hall the other one that i didn't even know existed we're going to talk about that one on the site we're going to anger a lot of people we're going to get some hate hate clicks off of that one
0: there we go <laughs> you engagement farmer i'd like yeah. to end
2: it actually on a nice note from my mom here she says we should all work at what we love find that job
0: wow your mother was what a teacher yeah she cracked some skulls i bet
2: Yeah, she was. Yeah, she didn't take any shit. I didn't, you know, I was not in any of her classes. Well, I guess I kind of was. But, uh, yeah, I heard that she
0: didn't take any. uh, Take no shit. From the ninth (laughs) grade. I love that. Well, and we appreciate you coming on. Enjoy your weekend of uh, no football. Go out there. Do something. You know, spend time with the family since your team's off. until Next week. Yeah.
1: Um, Take, take, Take a take a break. Yeah, you take best. a break from I, the sport. He's I, watching I, the game. I, I, He's
2: watching the game with Bo- with Bonte Hill and uh, Shasky. And Shasky and yeah, years. I hate
0: how how right fucking fucking ant was. That I, <laughs> I that I need that I need. Nick can that? No Craig,
1: can we clip that just so no. I have it for my personal use? I, I don't want to put it out publicly. I just <laughs> yeah. want to. I just want the clip that I can just watch every once in a while of Kyle saying, "I I fucking hate how much how right ant was." That's all I want. That's all I want. Just that clip. Good.
0: You think you think uh, you think the two hundred fifty thousand dollar year producer does any of the clips? <laughs> Absolutely not. He's working on it already.
1: He's doing. I can see him working. I can see him in the green room right now. Working. That's Rick.
0: the kind of organization we run around here. But hey, thanks everybody for uh, for tuning in. Um, we'll see you Wednesday, and uh, Godspeed. Godspeed.